Greetings in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and welcome to Shi'ar Jashub. Hi, I'm Patty Scalzo, and along with the Church Fellowship of Shi'ar Jashub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut, we are pleased to bring you these Bible study programs featuring the teaching ministry of my husband, Pastor Greg Scalzo. Today's broadcast is taken from a series entitled Heavenly Authority and was delivered in our Sunday service the month after the 9-11 tragedy. Pastor Greg is in the book of 1 Samuel and he has been discussing the Ammonite threat to the Israelites of Jabesh Gilead in chapter 11. Presented with the option of either attack or a horrific surrender agreement, the elders of Jabesh send out messengers looking for someone in Israel to save them. When we left off, Pastor was relating this to our need for the Lord Jesus to be our Savior. Here now is Pastor Greg. He said in the Gospel of John in chapter 16, verse 33, These things I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace. How do you really have peace? It's not making a contract or a treaty with the enemy. He said, in the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. With every trial and tribulation that comes, we ought to have peace inside of us because Jesus Christ overcame the world. And that victory on the cross, I don't think we even understand the, the limitless boundaries, the scope of what's given to us by his victory when he overcame the world. He overcame us. He overcame the sin in us, the evil in us. He overcame death. He overcame the world systems. He overcame all the principalities and authorities. And if we trust in him, he's the savior that this land needs. And America needs at this moment of crisis to send out a message to our Savior, like the men of Jabesh Gilead sent out a message in Israel looking for a Savior. We need to send a clear message that, Lord, we belong to you. You're our protection. You know, if you hear the people on television, the scientists, the political leaders, if you listen carefully, what do you sense in their voice? You sense fear. This is a war that they don't know how to fight. This is an enemy that is not so clear. You know, in, our, in the early part of our country's history, when we had our independence from Britain, you know how they used to fight back then, right? They would, they, they reenacted sometimes in Madison, the, the guys put on the red coats and they line up in a line and the colonials have their broken down blue coats and they get in a line, and they look at each other and they shoot at each other. A very direct form of combat. You know, you see the enemy, he sees you. Very simple, you know, not so clean, people died but not very complicated. You know, you could realize how you could win and you can weigh the possibilities. What they're facing today, they don't know how to battle. How do you battle invisible bacteria and viruses? How do you battle people that will wait and wait on the ground and then come out and kill themselves to kill hundreds of others? And you sense the fear in their voices when our cities can be paralyzed in one moment as they were with the Trade Center and worse, that, again, was one location. What do you do in this plague? What do you do with a terrorist that has a small attache case with a nuclear weapon inside of it? 
and there's fear in our leaders. And we need to send the message out like those men of Jabesh Gilead to our savior and say, Lord, you're our protector. We only can do so much. We need your supernatural hand of protection again on our nation that we would indeed be a nation under God and not be afraid to speak the name of Jesus. We need to call for our savior in this land. Verse four, so the messengers came to Gibeah, they come to Gibeah of Saul and told the news and the hearing of the people and all the people lifted up their voices and wept. There's great sadness, great sadness over what they heard. This horrible thing is gonna happen. They have to either surrender and have their eyes put out or be killed. And there's weeping. And verse five, notice what Saul's doing. Now, there was Saul coming behind the herd from the field. And Saul said, what troubles the people that they weep? And they told him the words of the men of Jabesh. Look what he's doing. You know, sometimes we're tempted to say, why did God pick Saul? You know, because we know the outcome. We know the end of the, of the book. and We know what happens to Saul. But look what Saul's doing. This is a man that's supposed to be the king of Israel. He comes from a powerful family. He's been anointed by God. He's prophesied. The Urim and the Thummim have selected him. Samuel the prophet has pointed to him. He's been announced, proclaimed the king, and yet he's out in the field and he's tending the herds. And again, you see the humility of Saul initially. Now, sin and power and demons will corrupt him and he will become arrogant. But at this point, you see how he's there. He's still in the field. And one of the requirements for leadership not to see anything too below oneself in doing. To be able to take on the common task. To be able to, you see how, how Paul the Apostle worked with his hands. And he was one with the people there. Not to consider anything too below. Not to be arrogant and puffed up. Saul, who was wealthy and handsome and tall and powerful and proclaimed king, still didn't see it below him to go out and tend the herds. And it's unfortunate that the arrogance comes in and, and this wonderful picture we have of a leader becomes corrupted. So he hears the reason why they're weeping. And you see what type of person he is. Remember back in verse 27 when they said, how can this man save us? And these rebels despised him. He held his peace, right? He held his peace, even as Jesus held his peace, as they were bringing accusations against him before the Sanhedrin, and he stood silent. You see the nature of Saul not to be a troublemaker, to stay quiet, to go and just tend his herds and let God deal with them. He didn't say a word, he held his peace, and he went about his business. But now there's a change. When he hears about what's happened at Jabesh Gilead, the injustice of it, the horror of it, it says, verse 6, And the Spirit of God came upon Saul when he heard this news, and his anger was greatly aroused. You know, a man who's not a troublemaker, when he hears the horribleness of the situation of these troublemakers, the Spirit of God comes upon him. And the NIV says he burns. The anger is greatly aroused in him. He becomes a different type of man. Sometimes it takes injustice to make our heads like flint. To face the enemy 
and say enough. This is enough. Someone who was not looking for a fight, the Spirit of God comes upon him. You know, the Spirit of God is gentle and he's holy and he's peaceful. And the symbolism is as a dove. But God is love. And when the loving God hears a decree, well, you know, surrender to me. Let me put your right eye out or I'll kill you. God, the Spirit of God, burns with anger. And it's not wrong to be angry. Matter of fact, there would be something wrong with us as believers when we hear about terrible injustice. Even though we're peaceful people and we're called to be as peaceful as doves, to not have righteous anger. When you hear of terrible human sorrow, it's unnatural not to be angry. Now, we don't let the sun set in our anger. We don't sin in anger. We don't start to become so filled with anger that we become bitter and become like the people who are causing it. But there should be a reaction. When we hear about injustice, we want to stop the wrong that's being done. That's the Spirit of God upon us. Saul, a peaceful, humble man that hides among the baggage and takes care of the herds, anointed by God, what happens? He becomes a changed person. As Samuel had said, he said, then the Spirit of the Lord will come upon you and you will prophesy with them and be turned into another man. And let it be when these signs come to you that you do as the occasion demands, for God is with you. That was back in 1 Samuel chapter 10, verses 6 to 7. The Spirit of God comes upon Saul, and he becomes a different type of person. The anger of the Lord comes upon him. Verse 7, so he took a yoke of oxen, and he cut them in pieces. And he sent them throughout all the territory of Israel by the hands of messengers, saying, Whoever does not go out with Saul and Samuel to battle, so it shall be done to his oxen. And the fear of the Lord fell on the people, and they came out with one consent. He's so angry, he takes, he cuts the ox, he sends it, he gives them a warning. Now, he's shaking the people up. Now, the fear of Saul, the fear of the Lord, begins to override the fear of Ammon. You know, before they're doing, they're crying, they're crying, they're doing nothing. Now, there's fear of God. And they come out with one consent. Literally, they come out as one man. They come out in one accord. And there's power we've studied in agreement. Jesus told his disciples in Matthew chapter 10 and verse 28, he said, And do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul, but rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in Gehenna. Are not two sparrows sold for a copper coin? And not one of them falls to the ground apart from your father's will. But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Do not fear, therefore. You are of more value than many sparrows. Don't fear men. Fear God. And trust in him. Trust in his protection. Trust in the fact that he has every hair, every gene, every bit of us counted and he protects us in this world, and if we die in this world, he will resurrect us into the next. Now, the time we live in is a challenge. Do we as a people visibly come out as one man behind our king and preach 
the good news of his salvation? Do we rally around the Lord Jesus Christ and in this time as we approach dangerous days, come out from our villages and tell people about the Lord? Jesus goes on to say in Matthew chapter 10, he says, Therefore, whoever confesses me before men, him will I also confess before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, him I will also deny before my Father who is in heaven. Do we confess Jesus Christ in these dangerous times? You have been listening to the teaching ministry of Pastor Greg Scalzo. I hope today's message answered some questions in your life. You can always write to us at Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle, Post Office Box 518, Branford, Connecticut 06405. And you are invited to join us for our Sunday service. Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle meets every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. in the upper room of the Madison Memorial Hall on Meeting House Lane in Madison, Connecticut. Take I-95 to exit 61. Go south to Route 1. Turn right, and at the next light, turn right again. The Memorial Hall is in the yellow and white brick building opposite the James Madison Monument. As in the early church, our services include praise and worship of the Lord in song, the Lord's Supper, prayer, and study in God's holy word. May our Lord Jesus bless you as you serve him. And please remember to join us next time on WFIF for Shi'ar Jashub.